Welcome to Four Ghosts in a Pod, a new podcast where four friends get together to discuss ghosts, cryptids, urban legends, folklore, and all things paranormal. Join us as we delve into the mysteries of the unknown. Let's get spooky! Tonight, we are going to go down a Mothman rabbit hole. First, we're going to start with the sightings. I've got it broken down into a couple of sections. First section is just we're going to kind of rapid fire. It's not rapid, but we're going to go through just sightings that relate to Mothman, that may be Mothman, maybe not Mothman, but they're still in it in the lore. The first one is the oldest one, and this one goes back to 1877, Coney Island, Brooklyn, New York. There have been sightings of flying humanoid figures in New York as early as 1877, and this is something that I pulled this directly out of, of John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies. Another kind of men in black haunted Brooklyn, New York in 1977 to 1980. He had wings and performed aerial acrobatics over the heads of crowds of sunbathers at Coney Island. A Mr. W.H. Smith first reported these strange flights in a letter to the New York Sun, September 18, 1877. The creature was not a bird, but a winged humanoid form. This flying man became a local sensation, and according to the New York Times, September 12, 1988, this was actually in a paper that they published, uh, many reputable persons saw him as he was engaged in flying toward New Jersey. He maneuvered at an altitude of about 10,000 feet, sporting bat wings and making swimming-like motions. Mm-hmm. Well, I one, thought that one, was... 1,000 feet. <laughs> 1, so, yeah. so Mothman's, he's 10, just like, hey, you guys, look at what I can do. <laughs> like, I don't, I couldn't find any collaborating stuff on this, but the bat wings kind of like, sounds like Mothman, but the swimming motions kind of like fucked me up. I don't know about the, the uh, like, I don't know what, what would a, mo- or well, I guess a bat creature that looks like it's swimming, like swimming, just motion? the kind of like, Doing yeah. Backstroke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <you>. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the Jersey Devil though. I mean, possibly. He's got Jersey Devil. I mean, he was going towards New Jersey. I will say, I did not include (laughs) Jersey Devil or Flatwood Monster specific stuff because, just in case, because I feel like we'll probably do episodes on those by themselves. So there's none of those in here. These are mostly, well, yeah, but I mean, (laughs) we don't know if this is actually Jersey Devil or not. I'm just saying. It could be. There's an asterisk. There's an asterisk. Okay, next. Uh, the man dragon was a flying humanoid entity reportedly sighted several times in early January 1926. <laughs> One of the more obscure flying humanoids on record. The man dragon, like its West Virginia counterpart Mothman, has officially been blamed for a natural disaster, specifically the January 19, 1926 collapse of the dam. I do not know how to say this, so I'm not even going to try. Down uh, to dam. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Pretty close. <laughs> that allegedly killed over 15,000 people, which it Whoa. says allegedly because the reports are supposedly destroyed. They cannot find them. Where did this happen? China. China. Yeah, they cover stuff up. Yeah. I like their name for them better. Man Dragon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's way cooler than Mothman. What if he's just like hanging out on bridges and just like nibbling at the metal <laughs> <laughs> making fractures the metal nibbler yeah i mean I'm never, I'm never. i think I a man that. dragon would do that more than a mothman though yeah i wish there was like some sort of description or something just as flying humanoid 
Okay. This one is a little bit more interesting. This also kind of relates to other cryptids, but we're going to put it in here anyway. Um, Houston, Texas, June 18th, 1953. Hilda Walker, Judy Myers, and Howard Phillips saw a man with wings like a bat sitting in the branches of a nearby tree, watching them. Walker described what they witnessed. 25 feet away, I saw a huge shadow across the lawn. I thought at first it was a magnified reflection of a big moth caught in a nearby streetlight. Then the shadow seemed to bounce upwards into a pecan tree. We all looked up. That's when we saw it. It was a man-like form which stood six and a half feet tall, which is kind of, I guess, mothman size, uh, and sported bat wings on its back. Also pretty mothmany. A strange yellow glow surrounded the Batman, which I'm specifically putting spaces in between bat and man that's for a copyright w- that's issues. That's actually a way better name than both of those. Though. <laughs> yeah. Batman? Um, Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the witnesses sat stunned and watched for 30 seconds. Then the light began to fade, and the figure vanished. Judy Meyer let out an ear-piercing scream immediately afterwards. We heard a loud swoosh over the house across the street. Phillips stated, we looked and saw a flash of light rise from another tree and take off like a jet. The next morning, Walker made the police report of the terrifying encounter. They're all kind of a little different, just a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, and that's why they're all in here, because like I said, some of these, like the collapse of the Chinese bridge, whatever the name of the bridge was. The yellow glow is interesting. That's never been stated for Mothman. Yeah, that was weird and very batman and they vanished. Maybe it, it was the bat symbol like shown in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I mean, kind of sounds UFO-y, just saying. Uh, then after all of those, I've got these chronologically, so <laughs> I've just kind of got placeholders in here. This is about the time that the collapse of the Silver Bridge happened between the Batman and the next one that we're going to see. This one's weird. I mean, they're all weird, but this one... <laughs> Already loving the name. Yeah, <laughs> and there's the a couple name. of names, but that was the one that I found. The Cornish Owlman. Oh, yeah. With sightings as far back as 1976 and as recent as 2011, reports of an owlman stalking and terrifying a rural Cornwall village churchyard in the woods after dark draws many parallels with the Mothman of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. The Cornish Owlman has been described as gray or dark brown, feathered, five to six feet tall creature, its feet clawed with hybrid owl-human-like features uh, with a wingspan of approximately 10 feet and emits a loud hissing or screeching noise and has red glowing eyes. Well, that, oh, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's more. That's the feathered similar. is what kind of yeah. like threw me off because I haven't, I Feathers. actually don't think any of the other accounts have they, said feathered. They never really actually described what material the wings were made out well, of. They said bat wings, so I'm yeah. assuming like skin. Like that mater- makes me think not like material. <laughs> <laughs> leathery. Like a reptilian type, or reptilian. That's what I think of every time. I, got I just think one of scaly material skin. In my head now. Pterodactyl. <laughs> We're going back to oh, that yeah, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pterodactyl. Yeah. Pterodactyl. Yeah. Pterodactyl. I mean, like the just, yeah. like the skin flaps. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Skin flaps. Yeah, because you know how like bat wings like, are super. They're like paper thin. Yeah, like you visceral. Can see yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you call that? It's not leathery. I don't know why I keep thinking it's like, leatherly. It's literally skin. Skin. <laughs> <Ball> skin. 
<laughs> stretched out balls. That's not the. That's you not kinda, what I was. That's trying. the closest thing. You see thing. when you close, look right? through like a cat's ears, like sun's shining through the cat's ears, and you can see the veins mm -hmm. in the ear. Like yeah. that's that's uh, what it's like. Uh, like that. What's thing. the word for that? Cartilage. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, but they're not cartilage. Like. But yeah, like a flappy cartilage. Yeah. yeah. Almost like. We need to find the right term for this. We found it. It's ball skin. <laughs> Sharks are made out of cartilage, Joey. Uh, the first sighting of the Almond took place on April 17, 1976. June and Vicky Melling, ages 9 and 12, and their family were on their Easter break in Mawin, Mawnan Smith. <laughs> I don't know what that in is. Mawin Smith? I guess Mawnen. that's the place. <laughs> they saw Birdman hovering over the tower of the Mawnan Old Church. Uh... I then saw two different endings to that story. One said that they were taken to the police by their dad and they separated them and asked them to draw the thing and they drew the same thing. Then I found other stories where it said that the parents didn't want them to be interviewed and just kind of like kept everything hush hush. So that was the only one that I could find for that. But it's talked about enough where I wanted to put it in there. This is a really good one. This one I love. This is going to be a little bit of reading, though, so <laughs> bear with me. Uh, this is about the Freiburg Schrieker. Freiburg is a city in Germany surrounded by the Black Forest Mountains. These mountains contain several coal mines, one of which was the site of a very strange occurrence. Early on the morning of September 10th, 1978, the workers of one of these mines, the name of the mines could not be found, approached its entrance and began their day of work yeah, you like that, how it's already. <laughs> well, we can't find the name of the mine, but you know what? As they got closer, they noticed a man appearing to be wrapped in a dark trench coat standing in front of the entrance. Unsure as to why the man was standing there, a few of the workers approached to investigate. However, when they got a few feet away from the man, what they thought was a trench coat flung open and formed a pair of huge outstretched wings attached to his dark figure. The miners who had approached stood in shock, and after a moment, the dark figure let out a series of piercing shrieks, which would later be described by eyewitnesses as sounding like 50 men screaming and the sound of a train's emergency engines or emergency brakes. The miners fled from the creature. From a safe distance, the men observed what would later be dubbed the Freiburg Shrieker as it folded its wings back around its body and stood motionless in front of the mine. The mm -hmm. miners reportedly began to busy themselves with cleanup outside the mine. And this is where the story starts to fall, <laughs> fall apart. Like, oh, yeah. we, we, <laughs> like, we got to do some busy work. And the whole time, the, the shrieker is still sitting there. Mm. After waiting for what seemed like an hour, the miners were startled by a massive subterranean explosion which rocked the mine and shook the very ground on which they stood. They rushed into the mine's entrance to discover the shrieker was gone and a huge plume of smoke and flame bellowed from the entrance of the mine. Shit. He saved their lives. Yeah. <laughs> when the smoke and flame died down and officials were able to examine the mine, it was determined that all 36 miners, should they have been at their designated posts, would have perished. This has led some investigators to suggest that the Freiburg shrieker approached that day to prevent the men from entering the mine and in the process save their lives. Mm. Sounds like a classic case of fucking off, and then the mine blew up. <laughs> then they're <laughs> they're like, whoa, that fucking I shrinker mean, really saved us. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have all of them out, though. And this is another one where all of the evidence of this has been 
mysteriously <laughs> lost. Just lost in the paperwork mm-hmm. trail somewhere, you know? Down it could way. be. I couldn't find outright. Some of them I can find outright evidence where they're like, okay, this was just pure fabrication. I couldn't find outright evidence that it was fabricated, mm. but I also couldn't find any outright evidence saying that it was true. So, I mean, these were all paper written, so they could have got fire damage, water damage, just anything really. True, but yeah. still. Damaged. I thought it was interesting. I like yeah. this one. This is my probably my favorite story. I like how they described it at first as a man wearing a trench coat. Yeah. Like, how are you going to mistake? Hey, buddy, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <fuck>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that one was fun. Okay, next. This one, I'm not, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Uh, but there was a lot of reports in Asia. Uh, where was it at? In Malaysia and Singapore, which I believe most of them came out of Singapore around 2015. Uh, In one report, a 27-year-old freelance journalist by the name of Leah Fu claimed that she was visiting an abandoned house on the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur uh, in a residential area known as... Can I say this one? You can say this one. Bukit Tunku. (laughs) 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 One more time, one more time. Bukit Tunku. In order to do research on alleged hauntings, when she came across something that was perhaps even weirder than ghosts, Fu reported that she had walked through the spooky, dusty old house with only a flashlight to pierce the dark. She heard a rustling sound uh, emanating from one of the rooms and went to investigate. When she entered the room that was the source of the unidentified noise, she was terrified to see two glowing red eyes peering at her from the darkness. Whatever the creature was, then reared up to reveal a man-like shape covered in leathery skin. So, okay, he's saying leathery. Ball skin. Ball skin. Ball skin. And standing an estimated height of around 10 feet tall, which extended two large bat-like wings before letting out an otherworldly shrill screeching cry. Maybe she's just really short and 10 feet is really 7 feet. It's also dark. I mean, a lot of these yeah. happen in the Dang. dark. I can't tell how big people are. What? I wouldn't be able to be like, oh, yeah, he was like... Yeah, I'm bad at gauging. Yeah. I, really? I alone can't tell how big people are. I mean, I'm I'm five foot, and I described Sean as being like... He's towering. Seven, six. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, only like six one? I'm six foot. Oh, yeah. Goodness. See? You're welcome. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fu was apparently so startled and frightened by the creature that she dropped her flashlight and scrambled into a corner to try and hide from it. As she huddled there, she claims that she could hear the beast breathing heavily as it lurched about the room for a moment before issuing a flapping sound in a gust of wind and disappearing. Fu would describe the creature as, It had enormous wings, like the wings of a bat, but larger. It was extremely thin and sinewy, and its eyes were human-shaped, but glowing red in light. Damn. I don't know, this one kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Well, she's she's already writing this kind of stuff, so she's got the descriptions. Down. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's throwing a lot of words in there. Yeah. I thought you Word. said you weren't reading the whole thing. You read the whole thing. Yeah, I kind of got into it. I, yeah. Like, as, as soon as you I started reading it, I was thing. like, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, that story <laughs> needed to be added as a whole. Um, okay, next. So this is um, going to be on the Chicago Phantom which is currently still going on. There are mm-hmm. still sightings. The newest sighting in here is actually from this year. Um, and it's been going on since 2017 from what I could gather, but I've heard of sightings as early as 2011. I could not find anything of to course. go along with stuff before 2017. Mm. 
And it's like these are they kind of go like they spread out a couple of years and then you see one you spread out a couple of years and that but they increase in in oh. the amount of time between them. So like at first it's like every 10 years or every like, you know, 30 years somewhere in there and then it like slowly goes together and now we're seeing them every couple of years which kind of makes me maybe he's now an adult and he was younger well that is also one of the theories is that these aren't all the same it's like a family like or the same species but spread out Uh different places so you have like a singapore mothman you have a china mothman dragon man dragon dragon Dragon. (laughs) no the man dragon man dragon dragon. so what if what if okay this is wild but (laughs) stick with me right like there's like alien connections to mothman right we're, we're getting there. We're, we're, we're going to get there. Go ahead. But I already have another theory. What if the aliens time traveled and they went to the period of the dinosaurs and they're like, hmm, let's pick up some pterodactyls. They picked them up and then they fast forwarded and they're humans and they just like mushed them together. But then they were all like really badly deformed <laughs> and they were just trying to get rid of them. We'll just leave them here. They just shoot them off into different times, and then they're like, "Oh no, this is going real badly for the human race. Let's pick them back up." That's why opening the door and kicking them out, or and like starting to drive away, and and the pterodactyl just looks at them with like puppy dog eyes, like, "Oh my god, please make that a sound effect of like a creaky old car door opening up, and then like a boot kick." (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're here now. Um, okay, Chicago Phantom. These are the most recent, and this is the last one of the sightings before we go into um, the theories, mm. or kind of in theories. Uh, so the first one is in 2020. There's more before this, but this, these are just two that I pulled. UFO Clearinghouse reports a USPS employee at the sorting facility located in Chicago O'Hare International Airport came face-to-face with a Mothman creature. It was around 11 p.m. when the woman was leaving her shift and walking to the parking lot on September 24th, 2020. She glanced up from her cell phone and noticed a tall man standing about 20 feet from her car. She didn't think anything of it, assuming it was a fellow employee. She hit her key fob to unlock her car, and this turned on her headlights. The person was now illuminated and turned to look at her. This was the moment that the woman panicked, realizing what she was seeing wasn't a person. The creature had brilliant red eyes. It stood all of seven feet tall, and when it turned to look at her, it unfurled its large wings. It made an odd clicking, chirping noise before releasing a strange screech. The woman screamed and crouched down by the cars as the creature charged towards her. When it was just a few feet away from her, it flew up over her. She dashed to her car and managed to get behind the wheel and sped out of the parking lot and home. So this one, this is the first time I've heard of it actually going after somebody. Yeah. Besides that other vehicle from. Well, yeah, but those are like, well, I guess that's kind of the same thing. Was she wearing like furs or anything that like made her look. Like dog-ish. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, mm, meal. Did she maybe lose a package that was supposed (laughs) to go to somebody named Mothman or. Oh, that damn Mothman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you stupid bitch. Give <laughs> 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 it back. Uh, so that's all the sightings that I have. Now we're getting into theories. We're are, past the sightings. Are these your own theories? These are... We can talk about our own theories, too. I figured we'd throw that in here somewhere. I, just, I already did. Okay. 
but these are like <laughs> these are just touching on this whole episode is just touching on like the popular aspects of mothman mm-hmm. so like these are just gonna go through some of the what people already popular think theories about is that what you mean yeah, pretty okay. much um so first we're gonna start off with mothman was just a bird <laughs> he was just a bird the whole time <laughs> So there's two birds that people relate to Mothman, and I have some information about them. So the first one's the sandhill crane, probably the most popular one, I think. The sandhill crane is a species of large crane. Adults are gray overall and looks near uh, Orsh, 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 That's a color. I don't know what color that okra. is. Okra. Okra? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like ochre. Ochre. They're like okra. A bird. No, ochre uh, is green. They're better when pickled. O- o- ochre, like yellow ochre. That's, that's, a, a, that's a color. Moving on. Uh, Sorry. Uh, O-C-H-R-E. <laughs> the average weight of the large males is 10.1 pounds. Sandhill cranes have red foreheads, white cheeks, and long, dark, pointed bills. They're not very big. I don't see people mistaking these, just throwing my own opinions out there, hmm. as... A Mothman creature. Wait, how big was their wingspan? Uh, mm-hmm. You didn't put that in there. It's not in there. Mm. Google it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Kay. you know, second. one of the more important aspects of it. I mean, I guess they're they're near, already small. They're near ochre, though. So <laughs> we got that. Um, so the wingspan is around seventy-eight point seven inches. Mm-hmm. Can we pretty big wingspan? Can we get that in feet? Yeah. Um, we know well, it's well, 200 centimeters. That's not. That's, yeah, <laughs> okay, that's, that's, so that's the opposite like direction of what we need. Uh, five feet? Six feet. Six feet. Yeah. Okay. A little right. over six feet. I also have some audio clips of their calls. Yeah. Which, uh, Did you learn them yourself, though? Can you demonstrate? Them? No. <laughs> Classic bird sound. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Not, um. Oh, sounds like, a little, uh, raptorish. Yeah, I could see that. But not like. It sounds like a regular sound that you would hear out here at night. Yeah, I would, like this wouldn't woods. scare me if I heard it at night, really. I, I would wouldn't be, be like, happy to hear it. No. It's like <laughs> See, the one that I birds. don't like to hear is the one that sounds like a screaming child. Those are the ones I don't like to hear. So that sounds freaky. I don't yeah. know. That seems at least like a little bit more in my neighborhood. <laughs> 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 screaming children. You used to hear screaming children. Uh, ah, it's fine. It's fine. Just whatever, <laughs> you know. They're having fun. The next bird was the barred owl. This is another one that people kind of related to. These are the spooky eyes. The two that I have. Yeah. And that's why I pulled that picture. For those of you that cannot see, it is uh, very red and glowy. They have the reflective. Yeah. But still, the eye shine is not like the way people describe Mothman from seeing him from a distance or seeing very large. uh, Yeah. It's not super big. Yeah. The eye shine's not that big. Like you don't see. Yeah. You wouldn't see this. Like this is a. Let's see. The barred owl, also known as the northern barred owl, striped owl, or more informally, the hoot owl, mm-hmm. is a North American large species of owl. Overall, this owl is grayish-brown. Uh, the barred owl is a large species. The adults measure anywhere from 16 to 25 inches in length. 
while the wingspan may range from 38 to 49 inches. Smaller. So small. Yeah, also not really Mothman size-ish. And then I also have this one's call. Classic owl. <laughs> when I found this, I, I thought it was a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something's about to happen in this oh, yeah. audio. Oh. Oh. Or something is happening. Whoa. <laughs> Penetration. Oh. We were thinking it, but you didn't have to say it. Oh, we needed it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What? Oh, okay. my Lord. Uh, I'm curious to see what yours is. Damn, I didn't Jerry. know that you had one prepared for this. I told you this is my this is my <laughs> this is that my I wrote one down. thing I wrote yes. one thing down about I one did. bird <laughs> I did I literally did because this is because there's a bird called a harpy eagle hmm. is what it is I have heard some eagle but they were like I think they called them golden eagles is that um, another name for that or is that a completely different eagle? I didn't write down the other words for it but it can like its wingspan is like around seven feet but it can be bigger depending if it's a female or male, it's just like any bird. other bird. Yeah, it can, and it can also be 8.50 pounds to 20 pounds. It's a much bigger bird. Um, they eat bigger prey, so like monkeys, sloths, things these, like that. Are these the ones that um, they grab goats off the side of that's, the cliffs? That's the golden eagle. Is that's that the golden, the golden eagle? eagle? Okay. I mean, but I yeah. don't know. Maybe they eat goats. Too, I can see that, though, in my head. That's yeah. the picture that I have Well, they're they're mostly, I guess, like in rainforest type areas. Mm. So kind of tropical area. Mm. Sloth. Yeah. <laughs> never had it. Never even saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> so fast. But they have uh, like the reflective eyes. So I they have remember. like glowing eyes. Like, mm. you know, at nighttime or whatever. But their colors are also gray, brown type colors. And they're, they look human faced. Like they have like a human, I want to see a picture like literally now. like a harpy. Like, you know how a harpy has like sort of like a human bird face. Joseph. Yeah. It's pretty, Joseph. pretty crazy. That would scare the but fuck they are out of me if I saw that at night. Like they're predatories. He's got uh like the back of his Holy hair. Holy shit. For, yeah. for everybody listening, up. we have some pictures of the harp eagle. I'm going to have to, I'll put some of these pictures in the in the links. Mm-hmm. There's a picture here of, of one of the eagles sitting next to a grown man and he's. That's a big ass fucking. Yeah, eagle. sitting down. Yep. They can be one to two feet tall. Which, I mean, Why that doesn't seem that big, before? but it is at the same time. Like it seems pretty big. Can you find a nighttime? I've seen this. I've seen yeah. this owl before yep. somewhere on Facebook. This, uh, eagle I've seen it on yeah. Facebook, and that's what got me thinking of looking up different uh, pictures mm-hmm. and different descriptions about them. He's got a little floofy antennae kind of. Mm-hmm. I would be very interested to see what their migration pattern is. Yeah, and to see if they have ever crossed. You over. said rainforest. Well, and right? the thing is, like, kind of what my theory was is that maybe someone had brought 
one to the United States or something like that. Are the aliens dropped off Harpy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They opened the door and kicked him out. (laughs) All right, you live here now. And then they're just kind of, he's just free and he's just doing his own thing. And he eats larger animals and, you know, Hmm. type things like that. And And they are very protective of their area that they live at. Oh, man, if only we had the picture of the claw marks on the car. Yeah. Yeah. Because that could leave claw marks. Yeah. That could, could probably, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't like dig into the metal, but it'd scratch it real good. Yeah. You saw how big their hands are. They're, they're literally like as big as our hand. And th- I think there's two or so different kind of species of them. So they kind of just, they vary with the light and dark kind of colors. Yeah, that one was stuff. black and white. And it was. Yeah. I'm going to pull up what he sounds like. It's an eagle. Screech. Mm-hmm. Classic screech. Yeah. Eagle sounds. Sounds like fucking America. I mean, that's that's <laughs> like the classic noise, but yeah. yep. what if, uh, what if you had like other noises? I'll try one more and then. Dude, that would scare the shit out of me if I heard this one. Like, in the in a wrong context, if it being dark and not knowing what that is. Yeah, if you're already scared and that sound comes out. Mom, man. <laughs> what surprises me a little bit, though, is if you heard, like, if it was a harpy eagle hmm. and you got close to it and it wanted to be protective, wouldn't there be at least one account of it actually attacking somebody? Because that, I, I see that attacking a person. Yeah, they damage. are predatory. Yeah, but or once, predatorial. once it actually attacks somebody, then they're like, I got attacked by an eagle. <laughs> and then that doesn't go into the Mothman category anymore. I guess. Maybe yeah. that just would have been left out. So those are the two birds. <laughs> or I guess bird color. three birds. Now, these are just related cryptids. I just wanted to touch on them Mm-mm. because I didn't know if you guys have uh, heard of these or not. This one's a little more obscure but relates to the Mothman and could be the Mothman, the Devil Bird. The Devil Bird, locally known as Olama, you llama, <laughs> uh, is a cryptid of Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Uh, it is said to emit a blood-curdling shriek in the night. In Sri Lanka folklore, it is believed that the cry of the bird is an omen that pretends to death. Its precise identity is still a matter of debate, although the spotted eagle owl... Bellied. Bellied. Oh, wow. I really Spot spaced on that bellied one. eagle owl. Uh, matches the profile of the devil bird to a large extent, according to a sighting in 2001. And that's what this is, is that eagle owl. Spot battle. Yeah. Now, how do you get an eagle owl? I don't know. It can probably it integrate. Wait, it's integrate. <laughs> <laughs> they might be closely related, and they can... Have species. Well, now I want to know. Hold up! Whoa! Hold You're up! You're beating around the bush. Well, so what there. if a harpy? <laughs> what if a, what if there was a harpy owl then? What if the in harpy eagle, and like say a barred owl mash a cloacas together? <laughs> what do you get out of that? Do the uh, the what was it called? What's the, the WWE movie? Well, pile driver. Yeah. What if? <laughs> I don't know. What would you get? I don't know. It's like, you know, horses and, what is it, donkeys? Get they can have mules. Yeah. Like, it or just it looks like that. it be an eagle that looks like an owl. Yeah. They call it an eagle owl. No, it looks like an owl that looks like an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, this is the last script. Explain this. Uh, and after this, we'll get into oh, wow. a different theory. Wow. It's one of my favorite. Oh, wow. This is the Thunderbird. <laughs> this is oh, another one that's yes. related. And actually, oh, this one's... Pontiac, hell yeah. Thunderbird? Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. Represent. <laughs> no, I fucking hate Pontiacs. Back in the day. <laughs> Whoa. We died. had a fire or Thunderbird. I had a lot of Pontiacs, okay? Yeah, we had, had about three. I had Pontiacs. I hate them. I had the Sunfire. Sunfire? Is that what I had? I had no, a Pontiac Grand Dam. It was like one of my first cars, and it was a trooper. The only issue I had was the window. Windows wouldn't stay up. We also had Spooky a Grand Dam that was passed down. We had the Sun. The Sunfire was mine, and I that was like my f- first actual car because you know my Jeep got blown up, uh, <laughs> and I drove that for a little bit. And then we had, when we moved here, we didn't have a car. I don't remember why. Yeah, what was that gray? But we had, that's the, the one. The gray Pontiac. The beater. Yeah. yeah that was, the, that the was my grandpa's. Yeah. <laughs> it just had, like, marker. <laughs> oh, wait, the white one. You're thinking of the white car. I'm thinking of the, the one w- the fucked up windshield wipers. I think it was gray. Yeah. Okay. Wait, but marker so there it? was marker over the check engine light. Uh, <laughs> Somebody uh, just, like, yeah, scribbled yeah. over uh, the yeah, glass. That was the grand, yeah. Okay, so back to the cryptid. A thunderbird is a cryptozoological creature associated with large bird-like animals that live anywhere in northern Canada and Alaska down to Central America. Similar animals often appear in Native American mythology. Some tales tell of enormous eagles strong enough to carry whales back to their nests. Since pioneers (laughs) began moving west across the North American plains, sightings of large birds have been reported Similar stories appear from civilizations all around the world. Uh, and that's then, a big-ass bird if they can take a whale. Yeah, and <laughs> with this picture, I, I think that's the picture we were talking about last yeah, week. Yeah, I've definitely seen that before. An artifact that bears a startling resemblance to eyewitness descriptions of the Mothman have some people wondering if there could be a connection between Point Pleasant's most, most famous monster and the mythological Thunderbird. The Thunderbird artifact in question is 10 inches tall, made of copper, steel, and attributed to the Penacook tribe. I believe that's how you say that. Mm. The small statue depicts a strange winged creature with large eyes. The creature's eyes have been placed in its torso and are parallel to its wings, which is exactly how witnesses describe the placement of Mothman's features. Although Mothman is missing the Thunderbird statue's crest that protrudes above the torso. So I guess that little piece up there. Yeah, little butt plug on his head. Some people <laughs> think that these are just two, because this is, uh, uh, I'll have this picture in like the links too, but the right side is the artifact, and this is the Mothman description on the left. Mm. Some people are just saying that those are like little holes to put a string through for a necklace. Oh, okay, on the artifact. So yeah, that that's not the eyes. That's what people... That's just the scientists are saying that the people that that think it's like a Mothman type Mm -hmm. thing are trying to say that that's his eyes. I don't know what that little bit at the top would be. Yeah, what that doohickey would be. Yeah, but that's faux hawk. I guess maybe Mothman's got some style or had style back then. (laughs) Um, But it does. I mean, it kind of looks it's similar. We got a little tiny skinny legs, (laughs) some (laughs) some uh, wings. You wobble too. If I looked like that, I would wobble. No, the Thunderbird. And see, that's where the Thunderbird differs a lot. So the Thunderbird would like... Majestically. When it screeched, there was like lightning. Uh, it had rain off the back of its wings. Like whenever it flew, it had water falling off the back of its wings that would create rain in its wake. It was like 
it, w- it was more like of a Native like a American water bird. I don't know if it was technically a deity or if it was oh, got a you. like Articuno. a god or something. <laughs> well, no, that's ice. Nah, that was close. Close. <laughs> I was Lugia. Th- I was thinking Zapdos. Yeah, 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 maybe it's a mixture. Zapdos makes more sense. Yeah, well, water with this, yeah, with the screeching thunder and lost. whatnot. Pokemon. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, makes sense. Were you guys both lost? Yeah, well, very young. <laughs> wow. It's not, not one I remember. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. You ever one. owned a Game Boy? Yes, but I don't remember that one. Okay, so we're gonna go to the next theory. Those are the c- related cryptids. So w- w- now I'm just Getting going into a corn? couple of the main theories. There's only, I think, I think I only have two, but um, they're mm-hmm. very prominent. This one is very interesting. Have curse. you heard of this one yet, Brandy? The, the curse. I have oh. heard of it, but I haven't gone into it. Okay. So I don't know much. So we'll go over some of this. So this is the story of a... Um, I know this man. <laughs> like you know him. I've seen this guy before. Does <laughs> no. he visit you at work? Nice no. nose ring. Very nice. No, this no, no. is Chief Might Cornstalk. And Cornstalk is a... Um, I meant the translated Cornstalk. Mm-hmm. It was... I mm. might actually see. I think it says it in here in the story. So Chief. We'll get to it. K-ta-ga. K-ta-ga. Yeah, we'll stick with cornstalk. Yeah, that's what it roughly translates to as cornstalk, so that's what people mm. call them. Now, uh, it is believed by some that Mothman is the embodiment of a 200-year-old curse. This curse can be traced back to the death of Chief Cornstalk and several of his tribesmen. Um, Chief. Cornstalk. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Good job. Wanted peace with the American colonists who were trying to occupy the land of seven different Native American nations. Unfortunately, there were many on both sides who opposed this idea. But that was a side quest in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Was what? Helping a chief guy unite the clans. Was it? I think so. Was his name Cornstalk? I don't remember what his name was. Or Kaituga. I would not be surprised. I actually did not even realize this, but a lot of Mothman lore is in uh, Fallout 76. I don't play that game, but I've... We looked up the lore thing. Yeah, yeah. so that's a lot of that in there. So there might be other, like, you know, bits like, of this. There's a little little statue that you can collect, collect in Fallout, a little Mothman. Mm-hmm. Is there? Yeah. yeah. Of 76 or the other, an older one? An uh, older one. I can't remember which one it was. Really? So Mothman, at least Fallout-wise, predates 76? I, I didn't know that. I got it. That's cool. But, I mean, like, I hacked the system. I had, like, a whole white room full of, like, everything. Brandy. <laughs> Cheater. It was yeah, great. Cheater. <laughs> okay, so this is the story of the Battle of Point Pleasant. Oh, there this was is, a battle? Yeah, this is oh, the shit. moth, oh, or this shit. is the corn. Yeah, this is Chief Cornstalk lore. So on November 7th, 1777, so this takes place, you know, way back before Mothman stuff. Long time ago. Chief Cornstalk traveled to a fort in an area called Point Pleasant and tried to engage in peace talks with the colonists to prevent fighting. He insisted that peace was necessary because the British were trying to convince the other nations to join with them to oppose the colonists and that only he and his tribe stood in their way. However, he feared he could not hold them back much longer. He's trying to convince them to join to join for peace because he thought that the other nations, there was going to be a big battle. He's trying Pocahontas. to avoid it. Pocahontas. Oh my God. Kind of is, yeah. It's Pocahontas. Um, but it's a dude... But the dad, really the dad was the one that was trying to 
say no we need to have peace and whatever and the guys that came from Britain. no <laughs> i would be very curious to know if this was pulled from that or if it was inspired by that um and they killed them <laughs> spoilers fearful <laughs> the colonists took him and his companions prisoner and detained them inside their fort so as he's coming up to try peace talks they detained him uh, Chief Cornstalk was considered to be a skilled fighter and military genius and was greatly respected by both sides. By detaining him, the colonists hoped that they would prevent the Native Americans from attacking. Two days later, November 9th, Chief Cornstalk's son visited the fort to see his father and was also detained. So his son came and then they were like, all right, we're taking <laughs> you two. Yeah, I guess we got two <laughs> yeah. of them now. Well, they actually had three. I don't know if I it actually said it, said. but when Chief Cornstalk came up, he had another tribe chief with him. Yeah. On November 10th, so this is the next day, uh, gunfire was heard near the Kanawha River. When soldiers from the fort went to investigate, they found that two men who had left to hunt for deer had been ambushed by Native Americans. One was dead. Enraged, the soldiers burst into the quarters of Chief Cornstalk and his companions and brutally murdered them as revenge. Nice. So you got Chief Cornstalk who just wanted peace. (laughs) (laughs) Take it back. Not nice. Take it back. Not nice. (laughs) This is where it gets interesting. As he lay dying on the ground, Chief Cornstalk is said to have uttered a curse on the land in which he died. He spoke the following words. Oh, shit. Don't do it, dude. Don't say it. Here. That's bad. I mean, oh, we man. have to. Now we're going to have Mothman. Well, no, this oh, is yeah. over curse that on you. <laughs> <laughs> So this is how the curse went, which is pretty long. Uh, I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really... <laughs> Stop. It's serious. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take that word seriously. Yeah, I know. It took me a couple of times. Um, I refuse to join your pale face enemies with the Redcoats. I came to the fort as your friend, and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the great spirits rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its people be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. Strange events occurred later in history, such as lightning bolts... This is after. That's the end of the curse. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't pause there. Yeah, yeah. Which I just to touch on that. That's a long ass curse. Um, <laughs> he is. He's just laying there dying. He and was just shot by out like long come monologue. on, man. Stop. It was like nine musket bullets, I think. Oh my that God. He was shot by eight or nine, something like that. So saying all this as you're laying down, I'm like a wigwam. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about the wigwams again. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's yeah, funny. Strange events occurred later in history, such as a lightning bolt that twice destroyed a monument erected in honor of the colonists who fought for the Ohio River Valley. Uh, When the Mothman appeared in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, many people were convinced that he was yet another punishment set upon the land from the angered spirits of Chief Cornstalk. That one's got a lot of uh, people back in this one. There are... There's a list somewhere. I don't have it, um, but there's a list of a lot of natural disasters and other events, including the Silver Bridge, that are kind of compiled into this, like, this shit all happened because of Chief Cornstalk's curse. So that concludes the curse of Chief Cornstalk. That is actually a pretty big one. A lot of people talk about that one. I mean, that at least gives some reasoning. And history, and you can actually find verified dates and like. So it's the fucking white man's fault again. I mean, it always is. 
being honest. Take this one too. So now we're going to move to, in my opinion, the most interesting part of the Mothman lore. This is where the book that I've been reading comes in a lot. So the Mothman Prophecies by Keel. He goes over a lot of this. Just anybody listening, if you want to know more about Mothman, uh, read John A. Keel's The Mothman Prophecies. It's just a good book. It really or, is. Or have it read to you. Or have it read to Whichever you. Whichever one. That's you what want. I prefer. You're a good audio book. <laughs> so Mothman is an extraterrestrial or from another dimension. That is the theory we're going to be going on. And not just extraterrestrial. I'll go ahead and preface it with this before we get into it because I don't actually have it in there. The guy that wrote the book, Keel, he coined a term called uh, ultra-terrestrial. Have you heard of that? No, Basically, the theory that all the paranormal activities from supernatural to extraterrestrial all are kind of intertwined in a way and that these might not be necessarily beings from another planet, although it could be. Okay, yeah, I've heard this then, but I don't don't think I've ever heard the term. I fully support this theory. I do too, and that's why the book was so, so fascinating because he gets into a lot of that and really like, I went into it like, oh, this is going to be a cool story about a cryptid. And I came out of it like, well, I don't really fucking know what the hell life is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of just the like thought process of there are things happening around us all the time that might be on a different wavelength than what we're on. Hmm. And these could just be glimpses of that wavelength being seen by either people that are just uh, sensitive to those things. Special. Yeah. Or it just happening at the right time and maybe people catching it. But I don't have, I don't, I'm not going to go super deep into the, that theory behind it. We're just going to go over some of the sightings and stories of what happened. This is going back. Some of these aren't in Point Pleasant, but a lot of this is going to go back to Point Pleasant in and around the time frame of Mothman. They're not directly related to Mothman. It's not Mothman sightings per se, but this all happened in the same like 14 month or whatever span of everything going on. These incidents were happening at the same time. It's hard to like distinguish between like what was Mothman sightings and what was basically UFO sightings or ultra terrestrial as Kiel says. Um, The first thing we're going to talk about is uh, the Grinning Man. Hmm. Many people claim to have witnessed UFO sightings and paranormal experiences during Mothman's time in Point Pleasant, leading many to believe that Mothman could be an extraterrestrial creature. The arrival of a mysterious character named Indrid Cold, also known as the Grinning Man, seems to give this theory some foundation. The first I heard of Cold, which is a person's name, well, a character's name, mm. um, was not this. This actually I found after the main bit of it started in Point Pleasant. But I wanted to throw this in here because as I started researching, uh, his name's Indrid Cold. I was going to save it, but his name's Indrid Cold. And he kind of goes back before Point Pleasant. And there's almost two different versions of him that are hard to like for me to comprehend. One's almost like Maleficent or not Maleficent. um, Malicious. Malicious in a way and seen as more evil. But the ones revolving around Point Pleasant frame him to be just a chill guy Were are the ones where he is malicious is that before point pleasant or after both but not in point pleasant i don't think 
No, actually, there is there is one or two instances of the malicious version in Point Pleasant, or what could be, I guess, interpreted as malicious. I mean, if you take it from the cornstalk perspective, it's malicious. Yeah. Like, he came, he was the harbinger, not not a messenger to... Well, that's not a warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Cold is... Well, Andrew Cold is a separate, but also not a separate character. He's Mothman adjacent. He could be. He could be Mothman. He could be tracking Mothman. Mothman He could be related to Mothman. He could be Mothman. That is also one of the theories. Mothman's his pet, and he's trying to chase him around. This is just a very interesting first encounter. This is the first one that I could find anywhere, and it's on the actual... Uh, page for injured cold so i wanted to go over it uh october 16th 1966 two boys which their names are great martin mouse munov and james jimmy anchovith in new jersey were walking on fourth street when they saw a surreal figure standing near a fence as they walked closer the figure was a tall bald man wearing a metal green suit who was staring right at them with a huge grin. The man chased them until they got away from him. Uh, This is a quote from Jimmy after that, or from the other guy after that. Jimmy nudged me and said, who is that guy standing behind you? I looked around and there he was behind the fence, just standing there. He pivoted around and looked right at us. Then he grinned, a big old grin. (laughs) According... (laughs) I know. That's why I wanted to add it in there. This I don't consider this into part of the injured Little, cold, but this story was so funny that pedophile-y. I pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Big old grin. Look at him standing there. <laughs> uh, according to Nightmind, I think that's the paper where it came from or something like that. Uh, the boys only recalled the more frightening details of their encounter later on. They would recall that the man in the green suit was unusually tall and had unnatural facial features, such as the lack of ears and nose. Even though most sources mention the New Jersey sighting, injured cold and the grinning man could be completely different entities, which is kind of what I'm going more for. Hmm. I just wanted to throw this one in there because it was kind of fun. Then we're going to go on to the actual start of injured cold. This is a man named Woodrow Derenberger. On November 2nd, 1966, this is just right before all the actual Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant started. Uh, November 2nd, what was the Scarberry and Millette's sighting? Or no, it would have been the uh, National Guard sighting. That was the first one. Oh, goodness. I think that was the first. So that was before this. So almost same day. Yeah, because the other one was, what, the 14th? Or was it? Something I want to add in here. I forgot to write this down. Hmm. Um, this is Sawin. This is Halloween right after and one very popular belief is that around halloween the veil between uh, our world and the supernatural world Mm -hmm. is at its thinnest and that is when you see a lot of like crossing overs of spirits yeah but for a whole year no i know that but what if it was maybe something got through and materialized if it's at its thinnest where spirits can get through I just thought it was a very interesting time frame, and mm. so I wanted to throw it in there because this is literally right after the 31st, the next day, you have the National Guard sighting of Mothman, and then the next day, things get really weird. So uh, on November 2nd, 1966, Woodrow Derenberger was driving to his home in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, when he was cut off by what he thought was a car. The vehicle forced him to slow down and then pull over on the side of the road. When he got closer, he realized that the contraption was not a car, but a strange craft that resembled a kerosene lamp chimney. And that's how Woodrow described it. A figure then exited the craft and walked to his car. 
The figure looked very human in appearance and was wearing a coat that was a metallic blue color. He spoke to Woodrow and told him that he meant him no harm. Strangely, the man did not move his lips and his mouth remained fixed in a smile, which later led to people calling him the Grinning Man. Woodrow realized that the man was speaking to him telepathically. The man introduced himself as Indrid Cold. There's a interview with this guy, Woodrow Durberger, where he, it's the next day actually, and I'll explain a little bit more about that on the next one, but he had a 30 minute long interview with the TV studio. And I've got the entire 30 minute clip, but I just took a couple pieces out. This is where he introduces his, himself as Indrid Cold or how Derenberger is describing it. And this man stood there and he, he first asked me what I was called. And I knew he meant my name and I told him my name. And uh, he asked me, he said, uh, why are you frightened? He said, don't be frightened, we wish you no harm. He said, we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. And uh, I told him my name, and when I told him my name, he said he was called Cold. That was the name that he was called by. There was that, and then there was one other. I pulled one other clip. I didn't want to pull too much of it, but they conversed for nearly 10 minutes before the strange man returned to his craft. This is one other excerpt that I pulled from there. This is him basically just part of their conversation that they had. Uh, did he ask you what you did for a living, where you were? No, he, he, he asked me if I, if I worked for a living. He asked me if I, if I had to work to live, and I explained to him what I was. I, he even asked me where I lived, and I told him. And uh, I told him that I was a salesman. And he told me that he was a searcher. A searcher? A searcher. But he didn't tell you what he was searching for? No, he didn't. Those are my two favorite parts of that interview. I've been known as a finder <laughs> to some people. Uh, no, I think there was some dispute <laughs> over who was the finder, Sean. I don't know. Um, so I'll just give you a little bit of information on the interview that they had, and this happened the next day. Uh, Darren Berger reported his encounter to the Park- Parkersburg police. How did I have trouble saying Parkersburg? My goddamn name. <laughs> <laughs> uh by the next day, the media frenzies. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Parkersburg. That's <laughs> us. <laughs> Burgess. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, go on. That's pr- that could be a totally separate podcast. You know that, right? Well, ha- what are we going to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Anything. <laughs> Parkersburg. Who's the fucking finder? <laughs> finder tier list. <laughs> well, I'm just, as long as, if I could be called the searcher, I'd be all right with that. I might not find anything, but I'm going to search. Just constantly searching your whole life. I thought something, well, here, I'll, I'll finish this, and then I'll talk about my own uh, thoughts on this interview. Uh, the next day, the media frenzy surrounding the story took off. Darren Berger agreed to be interviewed on live television on WTAP. Taking part in the interview were members of the state police, representatives of the Wood County Airport, the Parkersburg Police, and representatives from the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Daytona, Ohio. For 30 minutes, the men peppered Darren Berger with questions about the strange encounter. I thought that was kind of interesting. The fact that the next day you have the police, the airport, an Air Force base, uh, well, the state police and the city police, all interviewing this guy, asking questions. Oh, yeah. If it was actually like, you know, an alien creature, alien from somewhere else. You would think they would want to know first, like yeah, how it was like. Usually, they don't really 
put that much effort into it. Yeah, that's a lot of effort. Unless they really knew something had broken the atmosphere come in. All the other stories of Mothman and everything else. Like, I mean, well, the like the Millettes and that kind of like encounters, there's police reports on that. You can find a lot of that on this too. Like the Derenberger account of this, there's a lot of evidence. A lot of like, I mean, I have the whole, the whole interview that they did. It's like a 30 minute interview. And it, every time I, I've listened to it like three times now, and every time I listen to it, like, I, I don't know if I believe necessarily everything, but I believe this guy believes what he's talking about. Like, he sounds like just... Very matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> Literal. Sorry, you were very... Uh, matter of fact. that. <laughs> petting that pillow. <laughs> Sorry. It's, um, it's the opposite of monochromatic, and I enjoy it. It's holographic. So <laughs> <laughs> um, after the interview aired, however... Others came forward with claims that they had also seen a figure matching Darren Berger's description of injured cold. One man reported that a man matching injured cold's description tried to flag him down, but he was too afraid to stop. Other people claimed to see lights and fluttering vehicles on the road Darren Berger said to have talked to cold on, and several witnesses reported that they had seen Darren Berger stopped on the road talking to a man in the same road. There's other people that even came back and told the TV. Uh, yeah, collaborated the story. We saw, yeah, we yeah. saw him. Now, I don't think it said it in that story there, but the way Darren Berger described it is a car passed him, and then behind that car, this craft came, turned sideways in the road, slowed him, didn't like just come to an abrupt stop, it slowed him down and then stopped him. Injured Cold gets out, walks up to him, talks to him for, I guess, the 10 minutes or whatever. But while he's talking to him, right after he got out of the craft, the craft went back up in the air and hovered, I can't remember how, he said like 75 feet or something like that well, in the air. That's smart. Yeah. So the car is passing, Don't didn't see, see the craft. Yeah. They just saw Darren Berger talking to this guy. And it's funny because in the interview, the guy uh, interviewing, they were being like um, respectful, but they were also just trying to like test him a little bit, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, if you needed to, uh, or if you were talking telepathically, why'd you need to roll the window down? And he was like, well, I kind of got the impression he just wanted to be able to see my face better because it had been raining that night. It was a little like there was rain or fog or something on the window. So he kind of rolled it down so he could see him. Well, mm -hmm. it could also be that like if he's hiding the craft and he's standing on the side, of, was it this a busy highway? Not or, super busy. But there but were cars there passing. There were cars passing every now and then. It would be really strange if he was stopped and there was just a dude staring into a closed <laughs> Out window. The window. Yeah. So maybe it was like a let's look as normal as possible type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That yeah. goes along with a lot of the other information of like, they're not trying to scare or be too out of place. He asked him a lot of questions on like, he asked him where he was from and he asked about Parkersburg and like what it was. And he, he told him it was a city. And then Indrid said that where he was from, their version of a city was called a gathering. It was, it was an interesting interview. I would encourage anybody to go and listen to it. I'll put it, I'm probably going to just make a big folder. And just have it linked to this to where everybody can kind of get all this information. It's and really interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a little bit more in there. Not a whole lot, but just very interesting. Uh, but then after this interview, uh, some other stuff happens. Two days after his first encounter while driving in his car, Darren Berger began to receive telepathic communications from Cold. I assume these are like long distance calls. Like he's not... He's just driving down the road. I think he was driving with somebody, actually. Now that he's got his frequency, he can just tap in whenever he wants. Yeah. Uh, who described himself as from the galaxy of Ganymede. Cold also supplied some information about his life, including the observation that people on his planet, called Lanulos, live to be 125 to 175 of our Earth years. 
Hmm. Pretty good. So then this isn't the only one. I don't have all of them. There's too many to put in here. But as we go along, like uh, Darren Berger and Cold kind of kept in communication. I don't want to get too far ahead because I do have more of his stuff in here. But there was like other uh, instances of them communicating to each other and him just kind of like explaining what life was like on their planet. There was a time when Darren Berger disappeared for almost six months. He said that Cold took him to his home planet. He basically gets taken to Lanulos, the home planet of injured Cold. According to Cold's account, Lanulos was some 14.6 light years from Earth in the Ganymede galaxy of stars. It was originally settled by people from Earth who traveled there in spaceships, but the, the knowledge of space travel had been lost for a long time and only more recently rediscovered. Their new planet was much like Earth, though the year cycle had only three seasons, planting, harvest, and cold. Now back in contact with Earth, the Lanulosians can easily pass for human. Woodrow had written a book detailing all of this. And at some point, uh, he claimed that he got pregnant or impregnated. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) When he was gone for the six Uh, months? I wish I would have had time to read this book because I would have loved to get the whole story in here. That's why this is a little looser. That Woodrow actually wrote a book about all of this. Wait, hold on. Was Woodrow impregnated? Woodrow was impregnated by Cold. Cold fucked me. Oh, I know. That's why you took him back to his home planet. They were in love. Yeah. That's why I said they had a uh, beautiful relationship. That's so cute. While he was married? No. He was grinning the This whole is after time. he was married? <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know if this was when he was married or not. That's, I wish I could have read the book. At some point, I'd already, I've already read so many books. Divorced. I just have time for another one. Yeah, actually, that's, that's I'm going to uh, touch we that a little bit. We know why now. This yeah. is just a little bit of information about Woodrow. Um, that's, that's some tea right I there. wanted to throw this in here because Woodrow, although he wrote a book about his visits, this is about Woodrow, Nothing good came from Darren Berger's encounter. In fact, it didn't just negatively affect him, but it affected his family and his friends as well. The family received years of harassing phone calls and blamed lost jobs and friends on his story of injured cold. Darren Berger suffered from painful headaches and depression, and eventually his wife divorced him. Darren Berger even moved away from the area to escape his notoriety. After years of living somewhere else, however, Darren Berger moved back to Mineral Wells area before his death in 1990 at the age of 74. 23 years after injured cold had stopped him on the highway. While he never recanted his statements, he never spoke of them again. That's, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I have so many mixed feelings about like all of these stories. Cause there's like, he went and wrote the book and everything, but he never, he never made money off of this really. Like he never became anything famous. And through all of this, he never recanted it. He was harassed. He was like, after the first little stories came out about him in the news, uh, the TV aired that news strip. People were at his house all the time trying to see UFOs and stuff and like almost drove him mad kind of like. So the fact that all of that happened, he never like he could have just been like, I was just kidding, guys. And then all of it would have gone away. He never did. His wife left him. Uh, He did eventually uh, remarry, I think, somebody. But just a lot of shit to get for not a lot of gain. Yeah, and he got butt-fucked by an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy's life sucks. I, w- I, I wish I could have read the... I'll, I'll probably go find it and read it, but that one's alien. hard to come across. It's not a very big, popular book. Yes. Alien. Alien. Yeah. The movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, another those, movie. They were mouth. We got P- Pocahontas and Alien. Yeah, but he's a male. You can't just shove something up his ass and make him pregnant. I'm just yeah. saying. Can movies can movies tend to exaggerate some things, and that one was... Um, 
I guess a little bit more family friendly than, than <laughs> the face eaters going being butt eaters, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although I would watch that movie. Hunters. I'm just going to say, okay, maybe mm. this is the only way they can make babies. <laughs> and they're all males. I'm, I'm just saying, like, this feels so weird. Well, no, because uh, uh, I didn't say it, but Indrid had a wife and children. No, but you said he had a baby with this Indrid cold. No, no. He was pregnant. Indrid. Sorry. Oh, Indrid had, had, has a, had a wife and oh, child on okay. his home planet. Okay. So I'm assuming this baby was just an affair. Experiment. Like, I know a planet where all the guys are sluts. <laughs> Maybe they just wanted to know what the probability of a human and them combined would do or make. Maybe. Maybe. The butts on these things. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of that. I'm done reading. I'm sorry. I'm, I can't anymore. Part You're three. Done. I need to purge myself of Mothman. Part what? there could there could we could go five parts and I don't think Quotes I could still put all that in end there. End the Mothman prophecies book. Yeah. What is this no, about? I'm done reading. It was just a nice quote that was from oh, Keel well, that I thought Emily, was cool. Do you wanna do you wanna read the the quotes? After spending a lifetime in Egyptian tombs among the crumbling temples of the Indian and Lemassiris. Pretty good. Llama series. <laughs> <laughs> of the Himalayans, endless nights in cemeteries, gravel pits, and hilltops. Oh, hilltops everywhere. <laughs> I've seen much in my childish senses of the wonder remains unshaken. But mm-hmm. Charles Fort's question always haunts me. If there is a universal mind, must it be sane? What, mm. a, well, what a terrible kay. way to end a book. Well. That was deep. It scared me. Although I was listening to a narrator that could read well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can trip. The helio, a trip, literally. The top. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we take away from all of this? Like, oh. what do we I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning. Well, I don't know. I'm almost thinking there were two. I don't know if it's two separate events or like, I, I really like Keel's theory of ultra terrestrial, like, that these phenomenon could not be separate. They could be all the same in some sort of way. Oh, it could be a, a full on elaborate story all connected and I could totally narrate it. I mean, I've heard- I got it. I've heard that some people were talking about how like, there's a theory that time is just a construct for us to like- Don't do it. <laughs> Well, as in, what is it? Like everything's happening all at once. And time is just the way that we, something that we have to like separate things. We made it up. I want to say it. And now we're running out. That's why we need daylight saving time. (laughs) That's what that's for. We're running out. You're silly. Um, What's the the place that they took the the people to again? Lanulos? Lanulos. Yeah. Okay. We got these Lanulosians, and they went back in time, and they found a pterodactyl, and then they went (laughs) back on this, and they found humans, and they they meshed them together, and they were like, oh, this is all discombobulated. We don't like this. This doesn't belong on Lanulos. So they dumped them on Earth, maybe different times, maybe around the same time. We don't know. And then... Shit starts happening. And then you listen, they're like, oh, God, we're responsible for this. We got to go down here. We got to find these fuckers. 
We gotta corral them up but then they see and move a farmer them somewhere with else. A sweet ass. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're going down there. They're questioning, and then all the while, Mothman's cold, sitting on Linda Scarberry's roof. He's just like, "Please, <laughs> I just want more dog. Find <laughs> me dog." There were more dogs, like that. Not even just in the Point Pleasant point, but like dogs seem to be the meal of choice. Mm. Tasty. Yeah. Yeah. I still want to know. What they taste like? No, <laughs> no. There's two in the backyard. No. I'm just saying. I just want to know what happened. I even after all the research, I still am no closer to having a concrete theory of my own. Like I like the idea and of just things are happening and they're all related and it's all something that we can't understand because we're human. I say it's aliens. Just regular aliens. Just regular? Yeah. The green ones? Nah, they're monochromatic, (laughs) mostly. (laughs) (laughs) No, these are greys. This is definitely greys. Greys? What's their purpose? I don't know much about What's their purpose? Like, what's the purpose here? What, What are they doing? Learning? Uh, well, they're searchers, remember? (laughs) Fucking people. (laughs) (laughs) They're always out the probe. Yeah, they're searching the depths of the <laughs> male anus. <laughs> <laughs> so, aliens? Mm. Bird? Um, Bird? Animal? So, the Mothman in particular? Is that what we're speaking of? Well, just your theory. I mean, the weird shit was going on in Point Pleasant for a <laughs> to long To be honest, like, I really feel like it was someone that was flying something around. <laughs> Acting like a freaking bird. Like, I just, that's just how I feel about it. You thought technology? You think it was a kite? Yeah, like technology. People trying to hoax it? Not hoax it, just someone that was smart enough to know how to make something like that. Iron Man? But for like a year? And nobody found him, and the Air Force was out there, and the police were out there. What kind of technology are you talking about? I don't know, to be honest. I'm just saying like a, someone like a that's wing able suit? to, yeah. Or like a like wingsuit. But like a powered wingsuit? Yeah. So uh, So still on uh, the the side of like probably someone smarter than aliens. us. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> you think an alien. Wait, so al- he said person. Yeah, but that's what I mean is like it's kind of just jumbled in alien. my brain. Alien tech. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not decided. Somebody was using alien like tech. Maybe, I'm really just maybe the Lanyolosians also, as they kicked Mothman out, they kicked like a big flying suit out. <laughs> or they didn't kick Mothman out. They kicked a big flying suit out of the wall. Or it's just people thinking that they think they see something that they really don't. That's, I mean, even not just Mothman. Harpy there's eagle. so many like big bird things that happen. I'm just that saying, there's a lot of instances in like history. Yeah, that's why I people's put some memories. of that stuff in because some of that, I mean, those other sightings were stuff that people had in papers and stuff like the what was it the uh, Coney Island one. Well, that's what I mean. Is like like in history, like even like us now, like we think that something had happened, and really, something like if you look it up. It never happened. Well, I mean, yeah. Just everyone thinks that it's happened in the way that it happened, and everyone describes it the exact same way. Mass hysteria? No, it's not mm, mass hysteria. No. Well, you latch what on to it? what you 
think it is. There's a word sure. for it. I cannot remember the word for it, but it's like everyone within that same time frame, they all think and believe that this one thing happened, but oh. it never really did. Like, um, what's that? What's that children's book? Like the, the Goldstein the Bears. Goldstein Bears, but then it's written oh, a totally different way. But yeah. Yes. We oh, read it yes. or knew it some other way. Yep. Talking about like when you see those posts of uh, the something effect. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's uh, like your brain just God automatically fills in the blanks. And yeah. everyone fills in the blanks the same way because it's all been described the same way for so long. Talking about like the logos and stuff of growing up and seeing yeah. like the way, the way like something that, is named. Yeah. And you, you're like, oh, that's actually. But not there's the way instances like in time where everyone thought that, you know, something happened. It's in like the time? same type of thing. Yes, in time. Like in your growing up time, like, you know, from a certain time period and you're your growing up. Formidable years. You thought something happened the way that it happened. Or did it already happen? <sighs> Not talking about <laughs> deja vu. Down the rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> Which, like, is crazy. But anyways. So, wait. Can you just sum <laughs> up what you said? <laughs> oh. So nothing happened or? Yeah, like it didn't actually happen, but everybody believes it happened because so somebody said something yeah, and everyone crazy, thought it crazy was. A crazy guy was like, I saw Birdman. And yeah. everybody was like, I might have saw that Birdman. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> How do you account for things like the injured cold encounter? Where well, that guy oh, might that's be That's different. That's a whole crazy. different story. But then no, why but would that be going at the same time? All encompassing. Yeah. You got to give me a conclusion all encompassing. All encompassing. I don't know. I can't, I can't do that. that. I mean, I kind of had some the things point too much. The point pleasant specifically. There's way point too much pleasant. going on. Was it aliens? Yeah. I really feel like someone was really just screwing with people or everyone thought the <laughs> same thing because someone saw something. Mandela effect. Figured it I out. Still, I don't <laughs> really think that, like... like Yes, it says, and no, I, no, an occurrence. You were saying it right. When a I large group of it. people believe an event occurred when it did not, there are many examples of the Mandela effect in popular culture. I experienced the Mandela effect when we go, went to Gainesville to go watch a movie, and you guys were like, "What? No, it's always been that way." And I'm like, "No, it hasn't." Huh? When we passed Home Depot, it's always been Home Depot, not yeah. the Home Depot. Who said it was the Home Depot? You guys. I was like, has it always been the Home Depot? Was the the always there? And you're like, yeah, it's always been there. I'm like, no. Well, I was playing it up. I don't know if it's always been there. I don't remember that. I did play it up. I was like, yeah, it's always been there. Yeah, like, I legit believe it just being Home Depot, especially when I was growing up. So is it the Mothman or is it Mothman? Joey. It's the Birdman. The Mothman. It's... Man Batman, Dragon. Birdman, Man Dragon, the Man Dragon, Man Dragon, the Man Dragon. What was a fucking Man Dragon? Brandy, what was yours? Pterodactyl. Oh, mine. She already they said hers. Kicked, they kicked, they well, kicked the pterodactyl out of the. I, let's, I mean, just that was. You know, just a I fun said the whole thing. story. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, I really liked making it up in my head, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I might write a little comic on that. That might be fun. But um, I think aliens. Mm. Maybe, but also Mandela <laughs> terribly produced evolution. Just this thing, it just it just grew too big for its own boots, you know. Mm-hmm. The alien? No, like Mothman. No. I'm thinking of Mothman. Oh, like a creature. Yeah, he's a creature. I just can't get over the fact that they're like 
even if they're separate, they're happening at the same time. Well, that's why I said aliens at first. I mean, I do think that they're involved in this. They're involved for sure. in the Mothman part, you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think Mothman, he, Mothman is an animal of some sort. Some sort of, I, I mean, he's, he's not a good, he's not a good looking animal. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know how to really, he oh, waddles oh, around on land. He's a, he's Penguin. a pretty good flyer. He, he likes the taste of dogs and um, he's running. I think he's running from. Oh, I thought I was like, yeah. <laughs> he's running from the like, aliens. That's my theory. It's not. It's not clear cut. Yeah, I mean, I'm forming they it. All, are also so aliens and uh, Mothman. Yeah, that's yeah. I believe that's in Mothman. Or is he here to help? I think. I think he is. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please follow us on Instagram for more updates on future episodes at Four Ghosts Podcast. And if you have a story you want us to cover, send us an email at fourghostspodcast at gmail.com.